0: I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. You're listening to the Doctor Who Podcast.
1: everyone, and welcome back to installment number five of our Once and Future Reviews. I'm Brent, and joining me this month are Michelle, Ian, Hello. and Drew. Hello. Hello. Today, we're going to look at the fifth story in this series called The Martian Invasion of Planetoid 50 with David Tennant, Missy, and the Paternoster gang. You speak like the Doctor. You swagger like him. But the Doctor is a lithe fellow in a bow
2: tie. Or an angry weathered biped with a strange intonation. Or a cheery boy with yellow hair. I'm the Doctor, all right. And you're a Sontaran. I am Strax.
1: I I, I don't mean to interrupt,
3: but I really am dreadfully confused.
2: Yeah, it's definitely that sort of a day.
3: I really like this one. Actually, this is my favourite we've heard so far. Uh, I think the second one and this one are my favourites. I have always been a huge fan of the master doctor relationship um, kind of on again off again and 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 the subtext and all that good stuff And so this was this was a delight to hear Missy paired with the 10th doctor was fun. David Tennant and Michelle Gomez have this amazing chemistry. Uh, so it was it was one of my favorite things which is to hear the doctor and the master or Missy um, interacting with each other. Um, there's lots of other things I, I enjoyed about it as well, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll land there to start with because that was the, the main premise of the thing.
0: I absolutely loved it. I thought it was just rollicking good fun from start to finish. Really, really enjoyed the performances. Really enjoyed the humor. There's two things I didn't like, which I'll come back to later on. But they were they were sides, really. I mean, there were things that yeah, yeah, yeah I'd rather they weren't there. But overall. I thoroughly enjoyed every every last part of this. And I'll say not an is it my favorite of this series. It's actually one of the best big finishes that I've listened to mm. in years. Really, really enjoyed it a lot.
2: Yeah, I liked it. It was good. I'd love the War of the Worlds references. I would have loved to have gotten more of it, but it doesn't matter. It's essentially just a bunch of talking heads. Um, you know, characters get some fun interactions. I mean, you know, everyone everyone involved was well written for. Even if it just felt like whole scenes were just people rambling f- that wasn't moving the story forward. I didn't care. I, I enjoyed the act of listening.
1: I did too. I liked it. It was fun. Uh, I thought the humor mixed in well with the action and Strax was hilarious. I'd forgotten that he calls all women boys. So mm-hmm. that made me laugh again. <laughs> Tenet was great as usual. I thought Missy stole the show though. Michelle Gomez was perfect. Uh, and I heard in the interviews that some of that was ad libbed. You can kind of tell that they were, especially the one where they're up, oh, yeah, nope, you up, oh, shut up. That, <laughs> that was really good. I love that. I did find it odd that David Tennant didn't show up till about 15 minutes in and left before the story was done. So you had the, the first doctor, then him, then the third doctor at the end. So maybe to give those two guys a little bit of story on their own, since I'm guessing they don't have stories coming up.
3: Yeah, you know what? I really appreciated the length of time they gave to the first doctor. Yeah, he got somebody was saying close to fifteen minutes before David Tennant's mm-hmm. doctor came in, uh, and yet I didn't feel like David Tennant's doctor was shortchanged. I mean, there was plenty of of, of tenth doctor as well. But um, Stephen Noonan does such a great job on the first doctor, and I think he was especially good in this. Um, that that I was very glad to see that that they allowed one of those actors playing one of the earliest doctors to be featured in the way they did and it worked well
0: yeah it was just as enjoyable as the tenant sections I was really enjoying the first doctor I'm not a huge fan of the first doctor a lot of the time but I was really enjoying that characterization in this story and yeah it was great when David comes along but all the representations of the doctor were a lot of fun I think every single performance in this was just top-notch it actually took me a bit to realize that it was The First Doctor,
2: uh, and maybe it's because I haven't listened to a single one of the Noonan First Doctor stories, so I wasn't really um, – I just didn't get on, uh, catch on to it quick enough. Um, I am happy that The First Doctor was not relegated to a single line joke in the same way that Harry Sullivan was in the last ep- uh, story, um, in the way that was Twice Upon a Time. Um, I, I thought that I guess the characterization was fine. Um, I, I sort of agree that I would rather have had a first Doctor story solo uh, because talk about a difference in energy once Tenet shows up. I mean, wow. Uh, and I kind of got excited when the um Tenet's theme song started playing yes. <laughs> in a way that I was not expecting. And maybe it's just my... Just kind of optimism for upcoming Doctor Who televised Doctor Who. Um, when it came on, I, I, I completely perked up.
3: The score on this was really good, and, mm-hmm. and the yes. way they used the, the kind of music that represented each Doctor's era. You know, but yeah, it was real obvious when Tennant comes on the scene that you've got that beautiful orchestral music the way Murray Gold used to write yeah
0: and the writing was so good that the 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 doctorishness of what was going on kept on through even though you've got two characterizations of the Doctor that would be hard pushed to be further apart in the canon of Doctor Who but it just worked you didn't feel like you went from one character to a completely different character the through lines worked and that's some really great writing uh, to make that work while still preserving the individuality of the two different versions of the Doctor. It was re- it was really well done.
1: I don't know about anybody else, but I thought for the first few minutes Tenet was there, I thought he was the 14th Doctor. Because he said, oh, I've got a future face. Well, I've never seen this suit before. So I thought maybe it his mm. blue suit. And then I saw um, on the Big Finish site in the blurb, it says 10th Doctor. And then at the end, when you hear the credits, it's 10th Doctor, but...
3: That's because it. This is set theoretically in the Time War, and right. so I think whatever the Prime Doctor is, if you will, for for, <laughs> for this story, it has to be either uh, the Eighth Doctor or the War Doctor. I think probably the War Doctor, um, almost po- almost certainly the War Doctor. So yeah, that it is interesting that anything beyond the War Doctor would be a future Doctor, but it was. Really, the way it was handled was was exceptional, uh, and we—I don't think we've said yet that the same thing is happening to Missy or the Master. Mm-hmm. We, we learn that that character is also degenerating and going through some of the same issues that the Doctor is, um, and so
2: actually, well, th- she says it's happening.
3: Well, I think it is. Uh, well, I guess. Naive me, optimist me, I was willing to accept that she meant that because I think actually one of the saddest lines or most poignant lines in this for me, and, and there aren't many because it's really rollicking good fun, as you said, but she mentions that, you know, he, he he's the doctor can kind of look forward to whatever comes next, but she said something about not all of my incarnations feel this good or something like that. And I'm sure what she was referencing is that the horror of maybe becoming... You know the 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 master, uh, the crispy master's terrible way of putting it, but the one that the, 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 uh, the uh, sim master,
1: <laughs> yeah. the well done master. <laughs> so,
3: yeah. um, but I mean that that when you think about it, is kind of horrific. Uh, it's you know it's no wonder that she had tried to stabilize in the form she was in, but uh, but yeah, it, interesting. It just worked really well. Everything worked really well.
2: I want to jump back um, for two things: uh, one that Brent said, and one that Michelle said. Michelle. Um, I actually feel like there were some, um, lines that the doctor said in both the, as the first doctor, or sorry, as the Hartnell doctor and as the tenets' tenth incarnation, um, that made me feel more eighth doctor than war doctor, um, that I could imagine Paul McGann speaking. Brent, I 100% agree with you that I thought it was a different version because, we never see the clothes change with the transformation except with the most recent transformation. And, um, our, our, the new pseudo companion actually says, you're, you're wearing a completely different outfit, uh, which made me per- again perk up, uh,
0: quite a bit thinking, what is going on with this story? I, I feel so, yeah. exactly the same. I was thinking, is this the 14th? that to be a bold choice usually because usually big people don't touch those things. Yeah. Uh, but cool. no, it was the 10th. Uh, I mean, after weeks and weeks of James complaining that none of the stories were actually moving the meta story forward, we actually got quite a lot of movement this time because, as you say, we find out that Missy has been dragged into this as well. We start to get some hints as to where in the Doctor's timeline this is happening. And then at the end, we get a mention of what sounds like the series antagonist and, you know, a lead for the Doctor to follow up. So we actually finally started to move the, the meta story forward.
1: That would be the union, right? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting choice.
2: Uh, yeah. All things considered, uh, what's going on now in in our timeline? Uh, that the unions are the bad guys. Um, so,
0: although this was recorded three years ago, because in the actors right. they were yeah. talking about how it was at the very beginning of lockdown, they recorded this.
3: July twenty twenty. They said they were recording it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Extraordinary. I I still think it's extraordinary. Although we're doing it here, I guess that when you when you record a distance, it can come together so well. Um, and and Tennant specifically says he had to be very careful about knowing when it was time to come in, since Michelle Gomez was was ad libbing so much. <laughs> You're angry, not angry, just
0: scared. Hmm. An unusual tang.
3: I'm surprised, Mistress. That you would ever be scared. Imagine how I feel. Never been on this side of it before. And you know what's even scarier? I'm pinning all my hopes on the Doctor. Now that is scary. Scary
0: biscuits. So after talking about how much we all love this, I did mention there were a couple of bits that I... Wasn't so so enthralled with, so I'm going to bring the tone down for a second. Um, (laughs) Go go
3: right ahead, Ian. Somebody has to do it. Yeah.
0: Oh, and I'll join you, you too. Take
3: the hit. Take the hit. (laughs) The
0: the big one is that the actual plot, I thought, was a bit lame. The idea that that, that Missy just created all this on a whim for a laugh, and there's no actual reason for it to be War of the Worlds, just felt like that that, that was as as a resolution to the, the mystery of what's going on. I thought- that was actually pretty lame and pretty rubbish. And if the rest of it hadn't been so good, I would have been quite disappointed by that. But the rest of it was so good. So I thought, eh, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to enjoy listening to it. But okay, actually, but the, 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 the plot b-
3: wasn't great. But before you go to the second point, I think there was, I thought they handled that really well because she referenced that she was having trouble focusing, which the doctor has had because of the degeneration crisis. And this was her way of... of Basically, finding something to focus on and take her attention, and I think it was a wonderful reference to all the really bizarre, strange plots that the master has done in the past. I'm thinking time flight in particular. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, this is this is a part of that character that they they do these real elaborate things, and so I just thought it was funny, and I and I I bought into it. I, given the, I was glad they addressed it and didn't just leave it as kind of a strange plot. She read the book she liked the book she thought aha i will uh, i'll make my own little world surrounding that book and it'll help me help me concentrate on this other problem at the same time
2: <laughs> well i want to bounce off of that as well um and i agree with Brent that strax is very funny but i would have preferred to not have the paternoster gang and to have taken up the time that they spent um even though i did like some of the the back and forth i think it went on way too long especially with um Missy and Vastra, uh, and would have liked to have gotten a little bit more of time inside of the War of the Worlds world, the 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 fictional London, if you will, because um, I liked the idea as a concept, both Missy's creation of this as a way to focus her intent, and just the idea of creating a literary universe on a abandoned planetoid. Perfect. Very Doctor Who. It's one of my favorite stories, so I was very much looking forward to hearing more from it. And it's kind of just an idea that is used for a purpose that isn't important, per se. I mean, you know, like you said, Michelle, it's it's a throwaway line. It would have been nice to have seen um, Missy interacting with the world in a way that um, maybe solved that problem, because essentially what happens to her is she doesn't get focused. She gets defeated, which, yes, I understand. That's the, the classic master, right, um, is to to create an ally or make allies and then either betray them or be betrayed by them. Sure, I mean, it's it's classic Doctor Who, but uh, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more um, of that
0: world and the interactions with it.
3: So what was your other uh, – you said you had two that, that bothered you, Ian. The,
0: the, the other one was, was an old favorite, which is that back when Missy was on the series, it bugged me. That the moment the master became female, her whole attitude and approach to the doctor changed, and we see it again here. Suddenly they're sort of having a bit of a love interest, and they're going to kiss, and it's there's all this sort of sexual tension between the doctor and Missy, and it just irritates me that what, why would the master's attitude towards the doctor change just because she it's a female version than a male version? If they had that those feelings, and you know you can justify them having those feelings. They should always have those feelings. If they don't have those feelings, they should never have those feelings. The fact that it only turns up when the master is in a female version just bugs me. I think it's bad writing.
3: I think you could argue that the John Sim master, that some of that is in there in his relationship with David Tennant. And I think that Russell T. Davis actually intended for some of that to be in there. Um, there was a question, it, I can't remember if I read it in Doctor Who magazine or in, in one of the books by and about RTD. I think it was Doctor Who magazine. Somebody asked him, and this was going back to Sound of drums. Why doesn't the master kill the doctor? Why doesn't the master kill the doctor? And RTD's answer was because he loves him. And uh, I, I do think that you can retrospectively read a little bit of that into there. So I, I hear what you're saying completely about the somewhat sexist approach of, of. as Soon as you've got a female, making it all about love, and 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 I do think you're I think you're right in many in many ways, except that. One of the reasons I think I love this doctor-master relationship is, you know, whether it's sexual or whether it is some other form of love, I think that there is and has been for a long time something between the doctor and the master that gets expressed in that way very overtly with Missy, who is very overt. So
2: I've been at a number of panels where that is a lot of people's headcanon um, and has been. But I agree with Ian as well that um, to show it, explicitly only when uh, the master is being portrayed as a woman is is problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and really thirsty in this one, uh, <laughs> even more so than the, the TV show.
3: I'm not interested in your happiness. I know, but we'll work it out, dear heart. There's always couples counseling. Pop to Vienna, give Freud a field day. they can even take a ride on the big wheel. Yeah? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you're insane. So what do we think of the Paternoster gang? We had not really talked about them a whole lot. Jenny and Vastra.
3: I am not a huge fan of the Paternoster gang. Um, I I don't actively dislike them or anything. I just have never been all that enthralled with them. But I liked them in this. I actually thought they were used pretty well. And I Mm -hmm. had completely forgotten about Strax. This is how much I wasn't really paying attention to the (laughs) fact that they were in it. And so when he does show up, again, like like Brent, I thought it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I I did like them in this. So any rate, different perspective.
2: No, I'm, I'm not saying that I didn't like them. I liked the Doctor and the Paternoster gang with Tenet's Doctor because we never get to see them. And that reaction is very cool. I like, the oh, I like you um, kind <laughs> of a thing. It's, <laughs> is, it's fun. Like, oh, I would like to explore that a little bit more. But I think when you have really charismatic, really powerful performances like Michelle Gomez and David Tennant. They are going to overshadow the plot and they are going to overshadow everybody else. And, you know, maybe maybe it works because you need that third heat um, so that it's not just them talking back and forth to each other so it doesn't just become a, a kind of an exposition dump. Um, I, I did enjoy all the times they were on the air. I just think that it might have been better served If it was either a less involved plot or maybe we put them together earlier, something along those lines. I'm not a writer. So what am I going to do?
1: So you're saying there's too many companions in the TARDIS.
2: (laughs) Uh, I mean, so to speak, they're they're not in the TARDIS. And that's kind of the cool thing, too, uh, which was which was sort of neat. And I think we got um, did our pseudo companion go into the TARDIS twice with two different doctors in one story? Like, has that ever happened before? (laughs) That's kind of neat.
3: And it would I, have been we, really
2: weird had the TARDIS changed as well, right?
3: And and we need to point out that the pseudo-companion's name was Ms. Moore, and that's important because that's my maiden name. So I just loved it oh. every time the doctor said Ms.
1: Moore. <laughs> yeah, Jessamy Moore. And I, I looked it up. I, I didn't know if that was a real person, but apparently it's not. I couldn't find anything.
3: She was great. Yeah. I mean, she was a great character. Yeah.
2: Really great character. It did yeah. feel like they were giving us some sort of Easter egg and I looked looked her up as well afterwards and thought uh it's almost a shame that it's not like yeah. because she was taking uh Wells's place in 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 that
0: sense um so and some of her diary entries narratively felt like the the, the prose of War of mm-hmm. the Worlds which was a very nice way to actually work the prose into the story
2: yeah no I was just yeah, I love that Missy appreciates how well it was written um also <laughs> if if you you know if anyone's listening to this and hasn't read War of the Worlds it's a lot more like violent and dire than i thought it was cuz i remember clearly reading it as a kid and i must have read one of those like kids classic versions of it <laughs> and reread it recently within the last 5 years and and my appreciation for it has skyrocketed but also i was really blown away by how much war is in War of the Worlds mm-hmm.
3: And by the way, if, if you are wanting more Doctor Who, War of the Worlds, there was uh, an 8th Doctor, early 8th Doctor audio called Invaders from Mars, I think, um, mm-hmm. that Big Finish did, that. that is, uh, you know, the 8th Doctor gets involved in that um, story. And so that's worth looking up. The other thing I would recommend, if you liked Missy in this, um, the Titan Comics put out, probably within the last year, maybe about a year ago now, uh, a four-comic-book series called uh, Master Plan, which features primarily Missy. And Titan does Missy so well. They just get the the snarkiness of the character. And, and I actually, I think I've grown to like that version of the Master more since reading her in the comics than I did even just watching her on TV, so...
0: I'm glad you've given her a recommendation. I really appreciated her in, in, in this. And I, I don't have great memories of Missy for all the reasons I said earlier on. It really bugged me when it was on, on the show. And for most of this, I was actually thinking reevaluating the characters. And this is actually a really fun version of the, of the master. You know, I, I, I like how smart and irreverent and, and snidey that she is.
1: All right, Vastra, hey, back in your box. You know what happens if you disobey. Oh, and drop the sword, would you? It's a
2: sort
3: of health and safety issue. I shall take great pleasure in using it once my beloved is free. You will be neither healthy nor safe. Nice
1: to catch up. Yeah, good chats, good talks. Always good to chat. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye then. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you next month when Christopher Eccleston takes over in Time Lord Immemorial with David Warner and Nicola Walker. If, if you'd like to leave us feedback, please do at feedback at the doctor who Podcast.com, on Twitter at the dr who podcast and on our Facebook group. Okay, well, we'll, we'll see you next month, everybody. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Bye,
0: everyone. Bye.